0: Enjoy the message. Just a few remarks. uh, What I feel like the Lord's laid on my heart for this service today. I want to talk to you on this Palm Sunday about the triumphant entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem. What is Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday, we know, is the Sunday before uh, Easter. It's the beginning of the week that many of us know as the Holy Week or the Passion Week. It's the beginning of the week that changed everything for all of us, where Jesus would begin to travel and make his way to the cross at Calvary. When you study the the, uh, triumphal entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem on that Passion Week, you find it recorded in all the Gospels. It's in Matthew and Mark. Luke and John and today I want to talk to you from Matthew's account found in Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 11 if you have your Bibles with you you can turn to Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 11 I'll have it on the screen as well Matthew 21 verses 1 through 11 the triumphant entry Lord, before I read the word today, I thank you again for this opportunity, God, to be able to declare and proclaim your word. God, I thank you for your anointing, not only in my life to to preach it, but, Lord, in everybody's life here to receive it. Prepare our hearts right now, Lord, in whatever way you would want to work, God, that through everything that's done, you would be honored and glorified. Lord, anyone here that's discouraged, we pray that your word would bring life back to them today and they would find encouragement in you and most of all, God, they would be filled with hope and we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Matthew chapter 21, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches, palm branches from the trees and spread them on the road. I feel from these passages here in in the Gospel of Matthew that the Lord would want to highlight a few things to us today on this account of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Let me encourage you to maybe take some time this week. It's something that I've been doing for about the last two years as Easter approaches, I like to start at the triumphant entry and just read in the Gospels all the way to where Jesus was resurrected. It's just something special about this time that we can be reminded and then we can reflect on what Jesus has done for us. So if you're looking for a Bible study this week, just go into the Gospels and, and uh, find there where the triumphant entry starts and just read until Jesus is resurrected, until he ascends back into heaven. And I promise you, you'll be blessed. But there's a few things I want to share with you just for the next few minutes before we receive communion together. And some things I want us to notice. First of all, I want you to notice out of this passage I just read to you, the prophecy that surrounded this event. There was prophecy that surrounded this event. And we know that the Bible, the Bible itself is a book of prophecy. And this event, this triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Jesus riding on a donkey was part of a prophecy that was fulfilled. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus ever uh, rode into Jerusalem on that donkey, there was a prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Zechariah. And Zechariah, he prophesied that this event was going to take place in the life of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, you find these words from the prophet Zechariah. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That was the prophecy by Zechariah that was fulfilled on that first Palm Sunday. When you read throughout the scriptures, I know many of you have had this question before. I know in our Bible study that we had uh, a couple of months ago, one of our uh, guys had the question, why is it that Jesus would uh, do these miracles and then he would instruct everyone not to tell anybody anything? Don't, don't tell anybody who did it. Don't tell them who I am. Don't say anything And Jesus went through his ministry a lot of the times trying to, uh, you know, fly under the radar, if you will. He would spend time alone with the Father. He would spend time alone with his disciples. But now this prophecy is being fulfilled, and this is a divine time that Jesus finally goes and rides into Jerusalem as king. No longer uh, concealed, no longer trying to keep it uh, on the down low, but now Jesus is riding into Jerusalem Uh, as king and Zechariah said behold your king comes behold your king comes do you remember uh, several months ago I taught you when you see the word behold in the Bible whatever follows next is going to be some exciting news if you look all through scripture when you see the word behold you be ready for whatever's next and Zechariah said behold and the next words are your king is coming behold and all throughout the Old Testament Prophecy uh, predicting that Jesus the king would come. Now we know in the Old Testament there was kings throughout the Bible. There's actually two books, first kings and second kings in the Bible. The Bible is full of kings, but there's no king like King Jesus. And prophecy predicted that He would come. You see, Jesus is the only king that will come, and his kingdom will never end. Aren't you grateful for that today? Jesus is the only king that will come and all the other kings on the earth are going to bow down before him and confess him as Lord. He's the only king. Jesus is the only king that will come with supernatural powers. Aren't you grateful today that the King Jesus you serve is a supernatural king? Hallelujah. King Jesus, he's the only one that will come and wants to rule and reign in your heart. Let me ask you this morning, is King Jesus ruling and reigning over your heart? Is he king over your life? I mean, is he truly king over your life? I think sometimes we want to play that game we used to play in school or when we were growing up, king of the mountain, where we try to fight to see who can be on top of the hill and it seems like I always lost. And that's how we are with Jesus. King Jesus wants to be at the top in your life. And the question is, is he? Is he king? Is he king over your life? I pray he is. That word king that's found in the scripture is a Hebrew word called malik. Everybody on the count of three say malik. One, two, three. Malik. Now you've learned a Hebrew word today from a boy from Calypso. Isn't that a special? That word malik, it means the one who can or the one who is able. That word malik that stands for king, it means that Jesus is the king. He's the king who can and he's the king who's able. And King Jesus is the one who can. The reason he is able and the reason he is the one who can is because he can do all things. The Bible says that he can do all things. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. I look back there and think about that little baby back there we've been praying for. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. With God, he can do all things. Jesus, this Malik, King, King Jesus is the only one that can defeat sin and temptation in your life. He's the only one that can deliver you from death. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can give you hope when you're hopeless. He's the only one that can set the captives free, friend. And on Palm Sunday, we just need to be reminded that he is king. He is Malik. He is the one who can, and he is the one who is able. And I'm grateful today that he can and he's able. In that prophecy surrounding Jesus' life, we find over 300 prophecies predicting that he would come the first time. But I want to tell you something. Please listen to me. There's another prophecy that I believe that will soon be fulfilled. And that's the prophecy that this King Jesus, he's coming back again. He's coming back again, and I hope that you're ready. I hope that you're looking forward to and anticipating King Jesus to come back. I hope you're ready. He's coming back, friend. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords, and and you can deny him now. You can mock him now. You can play uh, games with him now, but there's going to be coming a day when King Jesus is going to come back, and it says that every knee will bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready. I know people all the time. I mentioned it last week. Well, I can just get ready next Sunday. I'll get ready at Easter. I'll get ready later on. Well, there may not be an Easter for you. Get ready today. Make sure you got your heart right with God. He's the king of kings. And prophecy surrounded his life. I want you to also notice the praise. Matthew recorded in uh, 21 9 that the crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and and they're laying garments down. They couldn't roll out red carpet because they didn't have it for them. But if they would, they would have done it for them. If they'd have had it, they'd have laid it out for them. But they used their cloaks, and they used these palm branches, and they laid them there in front of Jesus, and it was an act of praise to him. And this is what amazes me, that Jesus, this king of kings, is riding in. He's not riding in on some kind of war horse. He's not riding in on some kind of stallion. Here comes Jesus riding on a donkey. Jesus is riding in on a donkey. And if you really study what that donkey symbolizes, the donkey symbolizes peace. It was very common back then in that culture for a king to ride up to a place. And if he was coming in peace, he would ride on a donkey. And here Jesus is, he's coming in peace. He's riding on a donkey. And the reason he's coming in peace is because he's the king of peace. He's the prince of peace. Aren't you grateful today that you serve a king that's the king of peace? The Bible says that he's the king of peace who offers peace to man. Jesus is the one who makes peace between God and man. Listen to me. Nobody in here, you can never be good enough or great enough to earn or merit your way to God. You can never make peace with God on your own. The only way you can make peace with God is through Jesus Christ. Paul says this in Romans 5.1. Therefore since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you have peace with God through Jesus Christ. He's the one that's the king of peace. He's the one that can bring peace to you in your life. Do you need peace today? Are you here and you need some peace? Maybe you're you're at odds with God. Maybe you feel like you've been running for Him and you're rebelling against Him. Listen, He can bring spiritual peace to your life today. God can bring spiritual peace. Listen, peace with God brings the peace of God. And some of you may need to make peace with God today. I remember rebelling and running against him and just feeling like an enemy toward him and then I finally surrendered and there was a peace with God now knowing that he's he's my father in heaven knowing that I can have a relationship with him it brings peace with God but it also, thank the Lord thank the Lord it also brings the peace of God I mean, I'm grateful for the peace that I have with God now through faith. But i tell you, I'm grateful there's a practical peace that we can experience in our life every day. That no matter what we're going through, whether the sun's shining or it's cloudy outside, aren't you grateful today that you can have the peace of God with you everywhere you go? I'm grateful for God's peace. I know you are too, a peace that the Bible says that surpasses all understanding. I I don't know how we made it through it. I don't know how we got where we are now. You can't explain the peace of God, but the Bible says it will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. I, I should be in shambles right now. I should be all to pieces right now, but thank God for his peace, hallelujah. Thank God for his peace. Aren't you grateful today for that supernatural peace? Matthew said this. He said that the crowds went ahead, of, went ahead of him, went ahead of Jesus, and they began to shout, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. They were shouting the word Hosanna. Say Hosanna. Hosanna. Now Hosanna is a word that is really hard to try to uh, translate. It's a hard word to study. There's a lot of different ways that it could go, but it's really a declaration. It's a declaration, and it means that, that he will help us now, that he will save us now. That's what Hosanna means. Say now. When those people were gathered alongside of that road, and they were lifting up and saying, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, they were declaring that Jesus is their king, and he can help us now. He can save us now. Because they were oppressed people and they were looking to be set free. And they were declaring that Jesus can set us free now. He can help us now. He can save us now. And it could be that somebody's gathered here today and you need a miracle in your life and you need it now. You're going through some things. You got family that are going through some things and you need a miracle now. Your soul may need to be saved now. Not, not tomorrow, not Wednesday, not next week. It may need to be saved now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may need a, a husband that needs a touch now. You may have a, a wife that needs a touch now. You may have some children that are running from God and they need a touch now. You may be in a marriage today and it just seems like everything's crumbling and you need a, you need a miracle in your family now. Maybe you're here today and you're sick in body and you need Jesus to help you now. Whatever it is that you're going through, friend, I want you to know that God is an on-time God and he can help you right now. Does anybody know that to be true in your life? He's always on time. He's on his own time and that time's perfect. So whatever you need now, you got to trust the Lord for it. Shout Hosanna in the highest. Friend, listen, when you're going through that battle in your life and you're you're going through that situation in your life, just begin to, like they did, declare, He's Hosanna in the highest. He can save me now. He can help me now. He can bring me through this now. I shout Hosanna to the highest because He's able to do it now. And sometimes we need it right then. These people here are gathered and are praising Jesus. And they're praising Him for a lot of different reasons. They're praising Jesus for a lot of reasons. They're praising him because they think that he's getting ready to establish his kingdom on earth and wipe all the enemies out. But here's what I believe, and that's another sermon for itself, but I believe the majority of them that were there were praising Jesus for all the miracles they had seen him do. Can you imagine all those people gathered, and there was millions of people there uh, that were making their way to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover? They're there, and, and they're they're praising Jesus because He's the one that has opened the eyes of the blind, He's the one that's made the lame walk again. Can you imagine uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus and all of them standing along the roadside? Man, I'd be you know, you got a guy that was in a grave, and now he's out there shouting, "Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord for what He's done in my life." Let me ask you today, has he done anything in your life? Come on, friend, you don't, have to look, you don't have to look hard, do you? Come on, has he done anything in your life, a miracle? Can you say, thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. When is the last time you praised him for what he's done in your life? When is the last time you opened your mouth and said, thank you, Jesus, for what he's done in your life? Man, when I was studying this and just thinking about these people here, they were praising Jesus They were praising him and Jesus hadn't even died on the cross yet. They were praising Jesus and Jesus hadn't even been resurrected from the dead yet. And here we are today and we're on the other side of the cross and we're on the side that we know that he was crucified for us. We know that he was resurrected from the dead. We know he ascended back to heaven. We know he's coming back one day to take us to be with him to live forever in eternity. Come on church, we should be praising him today. Hallelujah. God, thank you today. That's why we can praise the Lord. We're on this side of the cross. We know that he loved us and he died for us. We know that he was raised back to life again. We know that he went back to heaven and he sits and intercedes uh, on our behalf. We know one day he's coming back, friend. Friend, we got a reason to shout and praise the Lord today for all that God has done for us. The Bible says that these people that were gathered praised Jesus with their lips It means they began, the Bible says they began to shout. And some of you might need to let loose a little bit. Come on, friend, it don't hurt to shout and praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. It doesn't hurt to shout to to the Lord and thank him for all he's done for us in our life. We live right there in uh, the big city of Calypso, North Carolina. And right across the street from our house is a big ball field where they play t-ball games. Now when t-ball season starts, which it has, you can be sitting in our house and you can hear the parents over there at the ball field shouting and yelling and clapping their hands at little Johnny and little Susan running around them bases. Most of the time they hit the ball and they go to third base first. Then they go to second, then they go to first, and then they finally make it home. It don't make no sense at all, but they're over there just yelling and shouting and and clapping their hands. And if we can shout at a t-ball game, and if we can shout at a basketball game, and if we can shout at a football game, why can't we shout and say, thank you, Jesus, for all he's done for us in our life? Thank you, Jesus. I shout and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for freeing me. Thank you for loving me and guiding me. I'll shout to the Lord. I like to shout at a basketball game. I like to shout at a football game. But, friend, i love more to shout praises to Jesus for all that he's done for me in my life. I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'll always praise him. I'll always praise him. I was kidding and I won't kidding in the first service. I don't know how much longer my voice is going to last. But as long as I got one, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to thank him for what he's done in my life. You don't have to turn to this gospel right now, but I want you to make note of it. In the gospel of Luke, the same story is recorded, and here's what Luke says. Luke tells us that in that story of the triumphant entry, that while these people are praising Jesus, that there's a group of religious leaders that come and they tell Jesus, you need to tell these people to quiet down a little bit. Tell them they don't need to be praising you like that, and that same spirit is in our land today, and that same spirit is even crept into the church where you, you shouldn't be shouting to the Lord. You shouldn't be praising the Lord. Just keep it down a little bit. You need to be a little bit more dignified up there. We're living in a day right now where they want to silence your voice of triumph. No more praying, no more praising. Look at our world today and all the things that are being done uh, to attack Christianity. And listen, it's okay if you mention Muhammad. It's okay uh, if you mention other names, Buddha. But if you better, you better not mention Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, friend, I'm not ashamed to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed. I don't know how bad it's going to get, but I'm not ashamed. And our church is not ashamed either. Yesterday at the uh, Mount Olive Pickle Festival, it was a pickle praising time out there. Hallelujah, man! Our our church, man, I tell you, just the praise stage and and we saw our our youth up there with the regenerate and how they were praising Jesus out there in the community. And then Pastor Kevin and our our group here and and then my brother that we one of the bands didn't show up and Kevin was kind of on the spot and he he went right up on stage and. Man, he just began to just praise Jesus out there in front of the whole place at the Pickle Festival. I mean, brother, you were going to town, son. And I was like, go ahead, son. Go ahead. <laughs> and the Lord was being lifted up and the Lord was being glorified through praise. We had a family They came by our tent, and they had walking down the street at the pickle festival at the far end, and they said they could hear, they could hear, they could hear that praise going up to Jesus through it all, and they just kept making their way until they finally got there where they could come and praise Jesus too. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Not ashamed to praise the Lord. I remember several years ago, I was invited to go speak to a civic group. And they wanted me to come and tell a little bit about the recovery ministry and share a little bit about my story. And the man that was leading it all up, he, he kind of pulled me to the side to give me a little warning there that we don't need a, a lot of religion here. I know what that means. I know what that means. But how do you think I did? <laughs> and I went in there, and I mean, how in the world are you supposed to talk about how your life has been changed? How in the world can you share that and not tell about Jesus? He's the one that changes us. I said, thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. When I came out of that place, I looked at the man and said, well, how did I do? And he said, you know what? We don't need to go to church for at least a year now. (laughs) He was glad I shared the Lord. But the world is trying to silence our praises. And Jesus said this in that same story I read to you. He says, let me tell you something, you religious leaders. He says, if I tell these people to quiet down, you see these rocks, they're gonna start to cry out and praise me. What he was saying was all the earth, all of creation around him is gonna start to praise him. And friend, I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna let a rock out praise me. Come on now. I'm gonna praise him for all he's done for me. I'm gonna give him praise for all that he's done for me and my family. I'm not gonna let a rock cry out for me. So my prayer is that this week, this week, going forward every day of our life that we would cry out and praise God. Listen, just leave the church house today. You can leave out the doors and be shouting in the parking lot. Listen, go down Brazil Avenue, roll down your window and start shouting to the Lord. Don't even worry about the blue lights. Just keep going. (laughs) Keep going but let the world know you got opportunities every day in your life. I do too, where people walk up to you and they just say, how was your day, sir? How was your day, ma'am? And you can just go right there and say, you know what? Praise Jesus. And uh, he helped me through this. He brought me through that. I'm blessed. I, I, I got a home. I got shelter. I got food on the table. I can just think of all kinds of reasons to say, praise you, Jesus. So God help us to not let a rock cry out man just think about this he's the one who can he's the one who's able he's the only one that can He's the only one that's able. Listen to me, friend. I, I don't know what you're going through in your life today, but I know that this passage today, it speaks to us right where we are. I, I don't know why things might be kind of rough in your life right now. I mean, I know that happens to all of us. I don't know what you're going through, but I can tell you this. I'm going to praise the one who can and the one who is able to bring hope back to me again. So whatever you're going through, you praise him. Sometimes you got to praise your way through. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me close this down before we get ready to uh, receive communion together. The final thing I want you to notice here is the purpose. The purpose. Palm Sunday was about the triumphant entry of Jesus it was all about fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose to save those and rescue those that are spiritually lost. That's the whole plan. That was the whole purpose to send Jesus to come and rescue the lost. The Bible says that he came to seek and save those who are lost. Paul said this, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says and I'm the worst. That's the whole purpose behind God sending his son Jesus so he could come and save those that are sinners. That's the reason there's so much passion and love from Christ. He's fulfilling God's will, God's purpose for each and every one of us that he would come. He would go through the pain, he would go through the suffering. When I I think about that song, Jesus Paid It All, do, do you really know what you're singing? Do you really know what you're singing? He paid it all, he went through that pain. He went through the suffering, the shame, everything that he went through, he went through it for you. He went through it for you, and you, and you, me, every one of us. He went through it for all of us so that we could be saved. John the Baptist said these words right here. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Paul said that Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb who's been sacrificed. That was the purpose for him to come. He's the lamb. He's the perfect lamb. He's the lamb of God that was sacrificed for you. He shed his blood for you. Nobody else could do it, only Jesus. My son Lucas asked me not too long ago. I was laying him down in bed, and I reminded him. I said, Lucas, your sins are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. And he said, Daddy... Nobody else's sins could forgive me, could he? I said, no, sir. Nobody else's blood could forgive me is what he said. I said, that's right. No, nobody's blood, only the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus can save you today too, friend. He can wash your sins away and forgive you and give you a new life. He can save you and free you and deliver you and most of all give you a home in heaven. And that's why we praise him today. Aren't you grateful he's the king of forgiveness? Aren't you grateful he's the king of grace and the king of mercy, the king of peace in our life? Can you just say thank you, Jesus, one more time? (laughs) He's the only one. Listen to me, please. He's the only one that can bring salvation. And you may be here today, and you need salvation. You need to be saved. Would you bow your heads with me all across this worship center? Nobody looking around. Just bow right now and begin to pray. You may be here and you're under the sound of my voice and you're not sure right now that you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. But you want to make things right with God. You want that assurance today. If that's you, my friend, I want to first of all tell you that God loves you. He loves you enough that he would send Jesus to die on a cross for you so you would not have to perish but you could have everlasting life. And right there where you are in a prayer of faith, you can just pray these words right now. Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Father, I believe that you raised Jesus back to life again to conquer sin, to conquer death, and to conquer hell. And today I put my faith in your son Jesus to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess right now that I'm a sinner. And I ask you, Jesus, through the work of the cross and your blood that was poured out on Calvary to wash my sins away. Forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and I repent I repent today I turn from sin and now I turn to follow you with all my heart all my mind all my soul for the rest of the days of my life God thank you for sending your son Jesus to save me thank you for giving me a home in heaven I love you and most of all I thank you for loving me in Jesus name nobody looking around nobody looking around Friend, if that was you today and maybe for the very first time or maybe you've made a rededication back to God and you prayed that prayer because you want to be sure that you're saved and on your way to heaven, would you just lift your hand right now? Nobody's looking around. Would you be, would you be brave enough? Would you not be ashamed? Would you just be willing enough to lift your hand right now and say, I've prayed that prayer today for God to save me? Praise God. Praise God. Well, Lord, thank you for everyone that's here today, God. We ask you to bless our time now as we go into a time of remembering the work of the cross. God, as we begin to celebrate communion, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice is saved and on their way to heaven as they receive communion in Jesus' name. I want to invite the council to come, and let's prepare to serve You can come forward. Listen, we're going to serve you, and while they're serving the communion cups to you,